Change of putting up. <laughs> yeah, evening wear. That's part of the competition. If you feel that what you're wearing is not your podcast jam, you can always change. <laughs> All right. Can't wait for the Halloween parties when we just own this apartment. <laughs> I like to get a little pre-dialogue. Did you start it? I did. Oh, I yeah. always sneak attack on you guys. You did not. <laughs> oh, because I'm hitting play and not record. Okay. Oh, life is hard. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Laura Palmer is dead at Twin Peaks podcast. Uh, day after Chicago Comic Con C2E2. So Pat and I are dragging hard. Uh, <laughs> And Did you guys, I, like, get tipsy at Comic-Con? No, it's just... not even that. It's, I was telling <laughs> yes, Melissa... Yes, just like, yes. <laughs> that, and just, apparently we're at the level of old now, we're standing for an extended period of time, it. takes it's its sore. toll on it's your body. Yes. Like, my hips hurt <laughs> from being Counselor Deanna Troy, <laughs> which we'll talk about. I'm doing some Leland dancing, too? Yeah. Some Leland dancing. So (laughs) we are at the final two episodes before Sillyville. Episode 2-8, Drive with a Dead Girl. And episode 2-9... Arbitrary Law. You knew I didn't have it, Pat. That was so (laughs) great. Like, I didn't know the name of it. I just find arbitrary really hard to say. Right. How do you spell it? It's an arbitrary title. Doesn't (laughs) totally fit the episode. You know, I was, was making up, note. Arbitrary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was making note this viewing of the directors. So, episode yeah. two eight, Drive with a Dead Girl, is directed by Caleb Deschanel, of Father of Zoe Deschanel fame. Oh, and episode and Emily Deschanel. Yes, Emily's also lovely. She is. <laughs> and. She just doesn't have hair that you remember. <laughs> oh, uh, both all Deschanels are beautiful. She's married to Cricket. And oh yeah, right. It's always sunny. Crickety cricket. Love yeah. him. I have a total crush on him. He's super cute. Um, and then episode <laughs> two nine is directed by Tim Hunter. So neither of these episodes are directed by David Lynch, and especially weird, right? in two nine, it is weird. And I think that what happened, and I have no insight other than rumor, <laughs> but I think you know this is really when the network came down hard and said, we need you to reveal the killer. And I don't think David Lynch wanted to do that, which is why he's not involved in these episodes. He's just like, okay, but I'm not even going to grace you with my (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because what I started to notice too, and maybe this is like the cynical eyes of age, but I do think director, especially Tim Hunter of 2-9, is trying to use some Lynchian devices Absolutely. and it doesn't feel natural no with doesn't. when he does it like yeah. he throws in you know weirdness for weirdness sake and not purposeful weirdness to build mood it's like trying to seem david lynch like like the uh dombrowski Louise yeah. Dombrowski, like, flashlight dancing scene. Yeah. The, yeah. In an otherwise pretty cute, yeah. like, good scene. So, yeah. So let's talk about that scene, because that's one of the first ones that I think is really a fun one worth talking about. Ben and Jerry, always a good pair. Like, just oh, yes. those two together, no matter what you give them, it's always interesting. Um, and they get a lot of juice out of this gag of Ben or of Jerry being a bad lawyer. <laughs> He's put in a position where he has to be Ben's attorney 
because Ben is being uh, is arrested for the murder of Laura Palmer, and so we get some Jerry consulting Ben in prison goodness, um, and see their relationship, which is always good. Side note, though, if you are the most wealthy person of any town, don't you think you have a few lawyers on retainer? Like, you just right. you Googled it once or twice, but that was yeah. before Google. So you <laughs> heard word of mouth, these guys are the best <laughs> Yeah, for all of my dealings. Well, it's a small enough town, like, Jerry might be the best lawyer in town. I don't know. Well, so he's, like, the, the whole reason that Jerry's <laughs> the lawyer is because Leland can't be the attorney because it's... A conflict oh. of interest, and he's, and he's, he's also on, on trial. trial. For murder, yeah. yeah, he's also on trial. Which then they contradict that later when yeah. they have <laughs> Leland come in. So it's like all a mess. But he, but Jerry does say, since your regular mouthpiece has been charged with murder himself, exposition, exposition, I'll be handling your case. And then he does proceed to be like pretty darn enchanting as an incompetent attorney. Like, <laughs> yeah. He can't remember like things like they can only you only only hold you for twenty four hours, or is it forty eight hours? Like yeah. he doesn't quite know. Um, but they have this like bunk beds because they're in prison. <laughs> where Jerry then flashes back to their childhood, and that's Louise Dumbledore. Yeah, and Dombrowski. Dombrowski, and they kind of linger on that scene. I think we discussed like, long really scene, yeah. pretty long, and that's a good thirty like, to forty-five right. seconds too much. I feel yeah. like that's a uh, lynchy move to linger on a, a moment, a moment to just kind of build atmosphere, yeah, and build atmosphere. But it doesn't do that. Like we got yeah. what we needed out of that scene, and then they kept it going. Yeah, unnecessarily. And that's something by not watching lynch stuff. <laughs> previously or not enough stuff it just seems it didn't have a plot point all the other Mm -hmm. stuff where it's kind of weird it ties back to something with the plot well this was just let's look at this older lady dancing with a flashlight Mm -hmm. by older I mean she was obviously like 17 right and the boys are like Little prepubescent yeah. boys. Like great casting on the younger Horn brothers. I don't know where they found those two kids, but they looked great, and they looked like right. It was so cute. And they use like some weird camera trick during that dancing scene. Right. The shot of the girl. It's like sort of. I don't know what's the word blurred. Yeah, a little bit because it's yeah. probably one of the actresses. It looked like Audrey. Oh, that's what that's I thought for it. the longest time, so, which is why I wanted to look it up because there is a fan theory that that is Sherilyn Fenn who plays Louise Dunbar. Yeah, like, I was like, this is, uh, you see her dancing first, and it looks like a, a, a like you know teenage to adult right. woman. I was thinking adult, like young woman. Which uh, would be would have been neat neat choice to have Sherilyn Fenn play that part. Just because it's like adding to the creepiness yeah. of the because it looked like an Audrey silhouette, yeah, dancing, and so that creeps into hey Ben, right? Really, loves really weird, finger. yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah. That's that would be an interesting, part. like, creepy yeah. little choice. But I don't think that they did that. So yeah. I was trying to figure out, find out who that actress was, but but yeah, they cut to like the nine year old boy actors, and you're like, <laughs> right. why is why is this woman dancing for these right. young it's boys? So, yeah, you it's question the moral fiber of this young woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's gone astray. <laughs> yeah, it, in general, too, the other problem that I started seeing, you know, I always say, like, loving something doesn't mean loving it blindly. And I don't know if it's the being tired from CTE too or what, but this viewing, I was much more cynical and starting to see some of the flaws in these two episodes. I mean, there's some great, great things and we can definitely dive into the great things, but they also just 
didn't trust their audience to figure things out enough. There was too much explaining. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, heavy-handed explaining. And that always bothers me because, you know, trust your audience. You already have an interesting, weird, unique show. Like, trust that the people who are tuning in for this show... A lot of Get people it. are idiots, though. That is true. <laughs> yes. Like, a lot. <laughs> that is true. So, but, and it also goes back to the soap opera kind of right. thing. Where, where it's like, oh my God, so much happens. It's like, <laughs> oh, did you forget? This is what happened in the last right. 14 episodes. And you can't binge. That's the other thing. Like, and podcasting about this with you guys and watching it episodically weekly is a really different experience yeah. from in the past where I've just kind of binged through it because you do forget. Yeah. I I can't imagine people like remembering all these details from week to week. Right. So they have to put it in. It's true. And this show has a B plot and a C plot and potentially a D plot. I mean, there's so many plot lines going on. There's a lot of plot. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Um, I do like the very beginning of episode two, eight drive with a dead girl. Great name of the episode. (laughs) Um, is an exterior shot of the Palmer house and you hear the screaming and it's, you know, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. idyllic street with a perfect looking house and you hear this scream and we know the murder's taking place, but we're seeing it from the outside. And I, I think that's a neat perspective because we're seeing kind of like the town's perspective of this perfect home. And we've already seen mm. the violence that's happening inside, but on the outside, yeah. everything looks... And you have to think, it's the 90s. This was before HBO and, like, you could just show all the bloodiness. Right. So, like, because I don't know if you've watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer in modern times, but you're like, oh, there's no blood spare at all. And you're like, that's weird, because if you watch, like, True Blood, it's like... Just, they, like, have, like, a small intestine (laughs) hanging off a tree branch. Like, it's just disgusting. So it's also, like, I think that's probably, it's the eeriness, (laughs) but it's also, like, we can't show the murder. Right. Yeah, it's a neat way of showing, because you get this. There's probably some raping involved. Aww. Well, so at the end of the last episode. They did pretty much show most of the murder. (laughs) I don't know why that got a snap (laughs) from me, like a salsa-style snap. Not good. That was a nervous reaction, not a genuine one. (laughs) I was under the impression, like, Sarah Palmer was being killed, or, like, at least knew he was killing Maddie, because she was all, like, screaming for him while the murder was going on. I had a reaction to that, She was She was was drugged. drugged. That was the whole horse appearing, and she passed out. She was drugged, but I'm starting to see some cracks in the wall with Sarah Palmer, this viewing. I've always looked at Sarah Palmer as a victim, you know, and they have that line about, like, Bob is only seen by the gifted and the damned, and Cooper's mm-hmm. clearly the gifted, and I think of Sarah as the damned, but and by in no means do you ever deserve your husband raping and murdering your daughter. Like, that's not anything that you ever <laughs> did to deserve. Disclaimer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. But I think Sarah has... agree. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not Sarah's fault. None of this is Sarah Palmer's fault. But I think Sarah has some other problem going on, and I think some substance abuse could be involved. Yeah, I think I, they. I think that's implied. Right. Yeah. She seems to be like very quick to jump to the numb me out. Yes, and solution. she wants in like in past episodes. And like who could blame her? But she's been like. Leland, how bad does this make us look? You right. Know, she's very, she's very focused on their appearance. Yeah, yeah, and even being yeah, like, suburban housewife. Yeah, right. 
sign us up for the Glenn Miller night before <laughs> yeah. he's, like, you know, Leland's, like, putting and has oh, just I golf balls over all over. Cooking. So many Cooking. golf balls. Chipping. Chipping. Oh. Yeah. I'm a big golfer, guys. <laughs> and, yeah, and so she reminds him to sign them up for the Glenn Miller night, which is a swing band. <laughs> Leland. Uh, so here's a question. Is it Leland or Ben that clearly love, or not Leland or Ben, Leland or Bob that clearly loves show tunes, big band music, dancing, Seems soft shoe. Bob. Because Bob's yeah. a dancing one. We learned that in the next episode. Yeah. Right. Like, that's the connection. He literally shuffles off to Buffalo, which is a... Tap step. Um, <laughs> oh, there's there's that. a lot of musical Insider. theater stuff in this one. There's um, Surrey with a fringe on top, sung beautifully by the actor who plays Leland. Wait, yeah. it's not it's not sorry. No, Surrey. It's like Surrey is an old timey word for carriage. Yeah, I had to ask my parents when I watched uh, <laughs> that movie that it's from. It's oh. from Oklahoma. From Oklahoma. Yeah. The musical by Rogers and Hammerstein. Fun fact for all of our listeners: Kelly has a degree in musical theater. Yep, <laughs> so. super useful and highly, highly sought after. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's no. so it's it's neat. It's a different take on a demon spirit that he loves show tunes well, and yeah. not what you would imagine when you look at Frank Silva who plays Bob. Yeah, well, Bob likes to party. He does. He likes. He loves time. to dance. I, I think they're kind of now almost intermixed. Him, Bob yes. and Leland. They're like, yeah, they go in and out of one another. So well, yeah, yeah it, it, that's kind of. They don't and, really make that clear. They, they sort of play with play it like that at first, but then after Bob leaves Leland, like, right, it, it becomes like Leland saying, "Oh, well, I had no idea what was going on." Yeah. So, and that's something that I don't think is supposed to be crystal clear, but I do have a note and was starting to notice that I think, like, the switches between Bob and Leland were becoming more frequent (coughs) and, like, less pronounced. It's almost Mm -hmm. like they're starting to kind of meld into each other and, like, have less of a boundary between the two. Mm -hmm. He does say, too, a good line that, when Bob, when Leland is being interrogated, and he's clearly Bob at the beginning of his interrogation, he's like, Leland's full of holes, you know? So I, I almost imagine, like, these, it's like these potholes that are continuing to just increase until there's less and less Leland and more and more Bob. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a, a good scene at the Great Northern where Leland is soft-shoeing with his golf clubs and getting a great reaction from the crowd. Oh. They're loving it. And Harry and Cooper see him. Just having a little fun here, guys. Yeah. He's Looking like, good, Leland. And he goes, just call me Fred. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I think like Fred Astaire. Oh, oh, there we go. Right? Wow. Okay, wow. Hey. <laughs> Illinois Wesleyan's going to be calling to take that degree back. Um, well, and I kind of went back to what you noted the last time we recorded was that... The actor who plays Leland didn't know he was the killer until that last episode. So now he Mm -hmm. has to kind of play it a little bit differently. So now he's more aware that he is more manic and evil. So in turn, maybe he's just, by having that knowledge, he plays it a little bit more. So is he... Yeah, I'm wondering that. Ray Wise, by the way, right? Ray Wise plays Leland. We couldn't remember that last time. Like, I wonder then... 
does well, a very good job. Okay, I, yeah, I was starting to think, like, do we think he then takes that new information and incorporates it in a better way? Or is it, like, now, like, he's doing less organic of a job because he has this new information? I feel like now it's just a little more... It's a little more Bob. Right. Because, mm-hmm. but the Bob is played a lot better. While right. before it was like, am I crazy? Who knows? Yeah. Because like, I have these mood swings and I don't know. <laughs> but now that I organically know what's happening. Right. I can could play be. it off a little bit more sinister and I know it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when we went to yep. the Salish Lodge in Snoqualmie, Washington, where the exterior <laughs> of the Great Northern was filmed. Um, the interior <laughs> is not is not filmed there, but some of the like hallway shots are and I had the like creepiest feeling when we were in the like two double doors that was right mm. in the section where I knew Leland was when he did his little like <laughs> tap dance thing I remember just being in that area and being like oh my god this is like literally right here it looks exactly the same it's really pretty cool um but maybe he's like having a little fun with it too that he gets this new like kind of fun challenge to get to be Bob and he does yeah especially in 8-2 he does a very good job right like kind of joie de vie yeah he's enjoying like and he has Maddie's body in the bag of his golf clubs. Yeah, in the trunk. In the trunk. Car. And so we were kind of and getting into a drive little... Drive with a dead girl. Great title. Um, we were kind of getting into a debate during the viewing about... There's a moment where Cooper and Harry pull him over because he's dr- recklessly driving, but beautifully singing. So, I mean, doing <laughs> something is right. <laughs> Like, really beautiful. And he does a key change. I mean, he's got a lovely, lovely, rich baritone voice. Um, but they pull him over, and he offers, he tells Cooper, like, Look in the yeah, yeah. I, can I show you my clubs? Like, he's, like, either he's Bob, and he's just so confident that they're not, you know, in Cooper's kind of not suspecting him, or... He's totally Leland and really doesn't remember that he has a dead body in his golf club bag. Yeah, I think my read on that was that it was Bob and that he was going to, like, he thought he was caught, so he was going to clobber Cooper to death and then, I guess, just hope he got to Hunter in time, too. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make, that a, could be. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. but then again, he's a... He's we a, don't know what he was. We don't know what his yeah. plan was. That's yeah, we don't know. He could have been just like... Because I could see that read, but I could also see, like, hey, look, I'm not doing anything wrong. This is my goal. Yeah, right. I'm not saying right I'm right. I'm just, that's yeah. the, that was what I... Like, there's like I a thought, flash when yeah. he's holding the club right before uh, Cooper turns around. Yeah. He's got this malevolent look on his right. face. Yeah. I, that's just what I thought. No, I saw that, too. And he's... he they. Um, Philip Gerard, the one-armed man, says, like, he feeds on the pleasures. And, like, Leland slash Bob is having an awesome time in 2-8. Like, (laughs) he's singing and golfing and just all over the town in his beautiful car. His license plate that says, 710, yep. (laughs) Like, just having a great time. Well, and now we know that he doesn't... Bob can exist outside of Leland. Like, he killed Leland to leave him. So, like, maybe... Right. Maybe, like, that... You know, maybe he was just gonna, like, 
kill Cooper and then get shot by Truman and then just like float off to an yeah, owl. He doesn't yeah, care. he doesn't care. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's there's a lot of stakes in right. like keeping your body vessel yeah. safe. Like that doesn't matter to he's him. He's had a good time with Leland. Yeah, but he's been with Leland a long time. Yeah. The insinuation is that like so with the with Cooper, Cooper does the like they almost make fun of it. I think in The Simpsons where they're like. Yes, brown, like the table, which makes me think about the cow that took, like, it's, like, literally doesn't tie together at all, but he connects them together, and, like, he talks about Robert's son being the neighbor, so it's, like, son of Robert, because Bob saw his inhabitants as his children, and I'm like, whew, you took the scenic route to get there, Cooper, jeez, um, it's, like, pretty far-fetched. Why did Leo and Bobby need to be there? Why did all these people need to be in the room? just Cooper. Major Briggs, why is Major Briggs? Briggs in any of it. Yeah, Major Briggs is like the Doc Hayward of this episode. Right. He's like, it's always there. Meanwhile, his other family, the Scullies, are like, where are you? What yeah. is going on? He's floating on a canoe. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for our third podcast, The X-Files. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we got Next Gen next. And then, okay, yeah. Like, what are they talking no, about? No, no, no. Yeah, it's because Major Briggs is also yeah. Major Scully. Yeah. But... Yeah, it is It is very strange. Cooper, and I do love, and I want to give, like, Harry and Cooper's relationship gets a little tested in these two two episodes. It's true. Harry's starting to get a little bit, like, He's a little, he's a little fed up Understandably with, uh, pissed. Focus, yeah, because as Harry says, he's like, I've been with you, I've been mm-hmm. supportive, but look, like, I have physical evidence linking to Ben Horn, and... I'm accountable, and we're going down the Ben Horn path. So these two episodes, Harry is pretty much totally on the Ben Horn trail until he's not at the very end. And even at the very end, Harry's, like, still very... There's there's tension, because Harry's, you know, of the Leland must just be crazy school of thought, and Cooper's of the no, Leland was inhabited by an evil spirit, duh, <laughs> school of thought. Which upsets me because towards the beginning of season one with the whole bookhouse boy crap was, uh, oh, there's some weird things going on in the forest. Right. Like some weird yeah. fucked up shit. That's true. But I'm not going to believe this. This is really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and it's like Harry is, I just think Harry has yeah. had a rough week. I mean, Josie left... He's just getting very fed up. Found out Pete loved Josie too. Yeah. Oh, that's a great He's one. Okay with that that's time. a great He's scene. Like, <laughs> Pete, I put. So did I, Pete. I put so pileated yeah. woodpecker. Outstanding. <laughs> so you guys were proven right in your Pete Josie shit, but I was wrong on that one. <laughs> Pete, but Pete also truly loves Catherine. Like truly loves Catherine, and yeah. it was adorable. But wait, what was the, what was the? Well, because like the awkward hug a couple episodes oh. ago, and I was like, that's well, not that's sexual, because... and you guys were all like. But, well, no, I still don't know if it's sexual. He could just be like, I love her. Like, I love her as a friend. Uh, His declaration was more like, I'm in love with her. But I I agree he also is in love with Catherine in a weird way. Yeah, he loves Catherine and knows Catherine. I just for some reason put this together for the first time. He knows that Catherine's sleeping with Ben. Right. Like right. she's open about it. Yeah. And he's like laughing about it and <laughs> yeah. like enjoying yeah. it. It's yeah. He's well, like he's he loves been her. Staring at Josie's non-existent boobs for like <laughs> I know she's stunning. Except she's got <laughs> yeah. boobs. Um. Yeah. Pileated woodpecker. Outstanding. So, uh, Pete and and Harry share not only a love of birds but also. 
of birds. <laughs> what? I get it. So great. Yeah. Pete has a really fun romp around the sheriff's department scene that's like a twofer. Let's just preface it by no one, anyone can see a prisoner. Right. Anyone. And there are no laws against that. In right. Twin Peaks. Or at least they just don't guard the jail. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not guarding the. <laughs> There's they no lock on the door. <laughs> we do know that care. there's at least two more there. police officers than Andy and Hawk right. in the police department, but they're not watching. If this was the an doors. episode of like Inside, one of those prison shows. Like, you would be walking bales of heroin into that jail cell all day long. Right. <laughs> they like built in a lot of new deputy red shirts for us. Like, they were like, here's they some did. random deputies that we've never met before that oh, we're just going to sprinkle every once, in. Every once in a while they do that, though. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, just in case you didn't didn't know. And there's another deputy who's also bumbling that's like, wait, is Andy not the most bumbling deputy? <laughs> he gets knocked out by the one-armed man. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, which also really, really strongly feel that they should not be allowed to keep the one-armed man this long in the manner <laughs> yeah. in which they're keeping him. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> off his meds and just right. change the bed. Being not yeah, okay. The keeper's like, take him back to the hotel and nail the window shut and don't let him out. Like, this is False like, imprisonment, Cooper. Like, yeah, it really is. And Cooper's <laughs> like, well, but I heard about it in a dream, yeah. so it's all totally cool. Don't <laughs> even worry about it. In a dream, guys. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper's uh, stretching the boundaries of the law a little bit. Yeah. A little that bit. is one of the things I've learned in business law was you can't lock someone up. That oh. is false imprisonment. How was that business law? <laughs> it was in my business law class. Yeah. Was your professor I, just riffing? No. no. It's the hey only guys, I remember. If there's one thing you're gonna remember <laughs> from this I class, I think you should get your money back this. for those credits because that was a bad business law. I cannot law. stress it was this a enough. Hard class. <laughs> yeah. That and always LLC it. Don't do a sole a sole proprietorship. That is bad. Good to know. <laughs> Tips from Melissa. <laughs> Limited so liability. Juicy little, yes. what? Much liability. Little golden nuggets. Yes. Right. All all through. I I barely got to be in that class, and that was hard. <laughs> and it was hard. And it was hard. I should not go into law. <laughs> Business law. Yeah. Uh, just not okay. The way that they're holding Philip Gerard, and he he so many times in so many different ways basically tells them like guys it's not Ben but they keep holding Ben yeah because they just don't have any better options so he keeps saying he's been close but Bob's not here now and he says that right in front of Jerry and Ben and Jerry's like who's Bob and it's one of my favorite moments because I'm like, my Because Jerry is in a different TV show than the rest of them. Like, he's not in this, like, weird David Lynch show. He's, like, having a great time wherever he goes, whatever he does. I don't know, but stairs do not meet the <laughs> he's attic. Like, yeah, he's, my he's playing it straight. Like, he's a real... Be the <laughs> yeah. burnless, uh, line Oh, that's a great yeah. one. Yeah, like, give that one again, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> um, well, Clear, I think it was clear, oh, yeah. clearly <laughs> his stairs... Uh, this man's stairs do not reach the attic. <laughs> <laughs> the one-armed man. Yeah. Even though the one-armed man is actually saying something that could be all the time <laughs> to Ben, yeah. but Jerry just doesn't know because he's not on that level. Right. He's just in another no, place. No. Well, yeah, and it Truman's is just like, I'm sick of Hawk being the only real cop around here. I'm going to arrest Ben Hoare and charge him with murder because right. I am the sheriff, damn it. <laughs> That's a great moment, too, because... 
because Jerry decide he just like bucks up and decides to do some lawyering, and he's yeah. like, "You can't keep my client here. It's twenty four hours. Either charge him or don't." And the sheriff's like, "Okay, well then I'm charging him." Yeah. <laughs> Ben's, Ben's like, like, "Thanks, Jerry. Great work. But in awesome. all fairness, Jerry did recommend that he get a better lawyer. Yes, that's, that's like my favorite line. I don't. It's he's like Ben. As your attorney, your friend, and your brother, I strongly suggest you get a better attorney. <laughs> it's like the most sincere. Jerry's wonderful. He's just... A, and he kind of had shades of... I don't know it's because we just watched it, but like Bob Odenkirk and Better Call Saul. Yeah. Like the very, good guy who's kind of a charlatan. Very witty, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Was, like, like, was the season premiere just happening? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is It's it? good. Yeah, it's good. It it's a really good show. Bob Odenkirk, so good. Yeah. And this actor has kind of that quality about him where yeah, he's I like, know. you know he's like being shady but he's so sweet and guileless and fun about <laughs> yeah. it like yeah. he comes back from charming right he's charming he comes back from japan and he's all about japan he comes back from iceland he's all about iceland like right. he's he just a little japanese flag <laughs> yeah. in he his does. pocket he just, <laughs> it. he just is enjoying being a great account man but not a very good attorney and cooper has done his research and found out that Jerry was the last in his class. He took the bar three times. <laughs> Been banned in several states. <laughs> yes. Uh, so shipper scene in this episode. You're like, when was she going to get to it? Um, about Audrey. 30 minutes in. Audrey and Coop. So we have a great scene at the Great Northern where Coop, you see uh, Cooper with pie, milk, and tape recorder. Which I feel like if you want to show someone an image and say like, what does this make you, you know, a Twin Peaks fan is going to see cherry pie, tape recorder, and a glass of milk on a bedside table. And that's like quintessential Cooper. Coop's you know? bedtime meal. Coop's bedtime meal. <laughs> and He's, is recording the storytelling for Diane. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet, lovely Diane. Where are you? So Audrey pops by for daddy issues hour. And is what? what surprise? Audrey's not doing so well emotionally. God, I mean, this poor woman, poor Audrey. Um, she feels guilty, and so she's come by to see a how things are going, but also like, hey, so I wanted to check and see if my dad was arrested, but also was it because of what I told you? Which, like, of course, it was largely because of. Yeah. I mean, it created a flag, Audrey. <laughs> yeah, and then she says, all I ever wanted was for him to love me. Yikes. That's abundantly clear. Audrey. You no, know, you don't say that to the dude that you also are weirdly attracted to, where it's like, oh, I have a lot of issues, which is yeah. why I really enjoy your older male presence. Yeah, she in wants this bedroom. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah and, and the whole. But my dad did try to sleep with me. Yeah, it's an, there's an interesting <laughs> moment. She says that her dad's ashamed of him. She's sitting, too, in a very girl like way on the bed with like her legs kind of under her. And she tells Cooper that she wants him to know that she didn't when she was at one. She basically starts to say, like, I didn't let anyone touch me. I'm kind of like, I'm still a virgin is what I took from it. Like, she's kind of being like, I took it more of, I didn't let anyone touch me. Right. Right. But like, she's sort of saying it like, I'm still pure for you, Coop. (laughs) And he like stops her. (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird moment. And it's a shipper moment where I see still some 
connection between them. Like, well, even though yeah. he's... Yeah. I feel like they brought Audrey in so that you could have that moment. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they... everyone loves that. They're very deliberate about... There's a lot of sexual tension. Like, then he gets a phone call, and Audrey's, like, sitting on the bed as he gets this mysterious phone call, and he hangs up the phone and is very authoritative and is like, get, you know, go to your room, lock the door... And she's like, why? And he's like, no questions. Get out of here. And the way he, like, puts his hand on her lower back, I'm like, oh, man. If anyone was ever that authoritative with me. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but, like, Cooper's just amazing. There's tension between them. Yeah. It's just weird. It's a weird thing that they take this and they build it for, like, all these episodes. And now you will see that they destroy it. Like, it's just yeah. another moment of, like, the network. The, the big suits coming in and just kind of mucking about with Twin Peaks. And we're about uh, to get more there. More spoilers. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Come on. Well, we already... Like, I just want to... I just need to point out, like, we totally could have not known until this episode that Bob killed Laura as... No. Oh. I disagree. Gotta disagree with Ooh, you. Oh, disagrees. Very well, we now know that he disagrees. jumps vessels, so... But it's more fun... <laughs> For us to get no, to talk to you guys when you're on the level, and you know, I don't like to hide things from you. I've said this. It's better when we can all and just we know share. that Maddie, like, opening scene, oh, Maddie word was, oh, she's dead now. Because, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you found out 30 seconds into this episode. <laughs> I mean, it was like a good minute and a half. All right. Like, okay. He opened the bag and I'm, was her body. I will tell you, I'm really trying my best. <laughs> I am. It's very difficult not and, to spoil things. And it's hard to be the social media chair of this podcast and try and Google images. Oh, God, you can't. You can't. It's, it's really all hard. over the place. I'm sure you've seen one that's a spoiler that, like, I was like, ooh, I should tell Tell Melissa to get off of Pinterest. Like, just don't get, even go on a Pinterest. And again, oh, wow. the episode <laughs> is driving with a dead girl. So. Yeah. Well, th- like this was like back when <laughs> you didn't know the episode title when you were watching on TV. That's true. No, we we jumped guess, the gun, but it was because I so badly wanted to be involved in your experience of reacting to. That because yeah. you can that, see now that, was the moment, that, that that was, was the no best moment in Twin Peaks. Like we, moment. I yeah. hate to. That was the moment to reveal. Spoiler: yeah. It's downhill from here. Like <laughs> I, and I love this show. And David Lynch would agree with me if he was sitting right here. Like he knows what happened, and he has yeah. said it. Like they revealed the killer, and that was exciting. And but. They shouldn't have done that. Like you know, I think it's like the red wedding. You know, like people were probably still hoping that. Right. You know, maybe Catelyn survived after the Red Wedding yeah. in the next episode, but no. Oh, stone Lady. Anyway. <laughs> Lady Stoneheart. Um, but, um, so, who wrote the the, the second episode we so watched? So, I then? actually do think David Lynch had a partial writing credit for 2-9. Yeah. I was going to say, like, 2-9 felt like he had that one in the can for, like, the last episode of the series. Yeah. Because it could have been. It yeah. really could have been the, like end of the series. Because right. I noted on 2-8, which was the episode before, like, they could have kept it going because they find Maddie's body, and what had happened was the one-armed man leapt out the window and was like, we found him by the waterfall, and then they're like, go to the waterfall, there's a body at right. the waterfall. So it's like, suspicion. Yeah. It could have just been like, what? Right. It could be the one-armed man who yeah. left, murdered, and then came back. 
It's a very true. It's yeah. always an interesting choice, and I can see like pros and cons either way. For like we we by by two eight, we know what has happened, and now we're waiting for Cooper to catch up with us, right? As opposed to like the rest of the way, yeah. where we're kind of following all, along the same path. Like we have at the beginning of two eight information that Cooper doesn't have, you right. know, right. and so we're waiting for him to piece it together. Which can be interesting, and it can be, like, a neat vehicle. And there's a lot of detective shows that that's the whole premise of the show. Mm-hmm. Like you are, yeah, you right. already know. Mm-hmm. Like, look yeah. at The Fall is, yeah. you know who the guy is, and it's all about, like, her finding the guy. Like, yeah, yeah. So which I haven't changes. seen, so it's not a spoiler. Really? Like, I just know that that's the premise. I know what that is. Gillian Anderson <laughs> uh, and... Gillian Anderson, British... Uh, it's actually... Pr- the first season's really good. Yeah. yeah. Second season I'm trying to get into, it's hard. But, like, you could easily make that the premise of a show, yeah. and there are many shows oh, yeah. that do. So yeah. show... Because then that's also the... Oh, I kind of, like... Right. I feel for the killer, too. Yeah. Because I get... You're, like, rooting POV. for them to get away, kind of. Yeah. Their perspective. Where it's like, oh, yeah. But for some reason it felt labored here. Like, it felt like we were getting a lot of reveals twice. Even little things like having Catherine as Tojimura come to see Ben. It's like, we now know that Catherine's Tojimura. Well, we know also, that Ben knows yeah. Catherine's alive. Like, we don't need this confrontation Wait, to, scene. To build on to that, too... <laughs> I just hate her foot. Okay. <laughs> but to build on to that, Ben already knows that she's alive. Right. Because yeah. because Pete told her the previous episode with the tape recorder, that so he, then, he like, is so ex- surprised when yeah. he finds out that she's Tojimura. Like it's like to me, but he the, doesn't. Like yeah. he already knows she's alive. It's just so but so how screwed he him finds over. out is her foot. It's true, and that <laughs> yeah. is kind of a clever way. So Catherine like exposes her perfectly pedicured toe and Ugh. reveals herself. But, I mean, I would be like, why do you have so much stage makeup on, stranger? Like, there's <laughs> so clearly so much makeup on this person. Like, maybe you don't know it's Catherine, but you know it's someone with a, a Muppet. I mean, there's one Crazy other Asian amount. person in Twin Peaks that is Josie, and she has perfect skin. Right, so, like, she does. Oh, and Cousin, cousin Jonathan as well. Right. You've right. never or seen a pour on anyone <laughs> except for Toji Mora. <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, it's, it's just, it's strange that, you know, to me it's like a scene... Especially in a show with such a large ensemble cast and so much going on, like you've limited time in real estate to tell this story. It's like a scene either has to like drive the plot, build a relationship, or like build a build the scene, build suspicion, build tension. And there are a lot of scenes in two eight and two nine that don't do any of those things. None of those things. It almost feels like in Peter Jackson's Hobbit movies, like, oh it's God. clear that, like, he loves the world of Tolkien so much that he just wants to hang out in Tolkien land and would do scenes that just had no purpose besides just, like, let's hang out in Hobbit, Hobbit Town. And this is, like, David Lynch yeah. or whoever or just, just like loving... they're paying to make three movies out of yeah. a really short book, so I'm just going to yeah. add in this other guy as a love interest for this girl, and he's, I'm going to cast a guy that looks oh, just right. like Orlando Bloom for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Like, <laughs> so you're confused every time either of them are on the screen. <laughs> it's so true. But it's, like, just hanging out in Twin Peaks and enjoying their creation and enjoying their characters without function or story or relationship. Relationship. And, like, I hate to come down hard, and I'm, you know, I love yeah, it. Clearly, really I love it more than anyone. Right now, I know, but it's just, 
it's there's some great stuff, but they do like stretch out things unnecessarily in these two episodes. Because my question is, do we need to know about Norma's mom? I feel like oh if my I God, ever, no. if really I ever needed Ugh. to know about someone's mom, it's not Norma's. And the payoff is not worth it. Like it's just sorry. Spoilers, the payoff isn't worth it. But yeah, you do meet Norma's mom. The one thing I will say about that, uh, we've like done some deep Googling on this because the (laughs) actress who plays Norma's mom looks so much like she could be Norma's mom that I thought maybe it really was her mom, but it's not. Um, Jane Greer is the actress who plays Norma's mom. I don't know why I remember that. But we meet her. She's very critical of Norma. They have a strained relationship. She's married to Ern and their mother. Yeah. She's married to Ernie, um, who was in the can with. Is that the. (laughs) Yeah, he was in the can. He was in the can. In the joint. Your, your prisoner. I know. That's the like the, the, the most outdated one you could have chosen. But yeah. <laughs> they did time together. They were in the yard. <laughs> I like them in the can. Okay. Ernie and, yeah. and Hank know each other. And they were like best friends inside, right. apparently. Like, around. Yeah. I wrote, Ernie and Hank know each other. I don't care. Like, it's just like, we don't need that information. It's not important. Well, yeah, like, they could, <laughs> I could see them having some more fun with like him playing with Ernie and like almost revealing yeah. that he was inside but yeah, Ernie's uh, like oh I'm on the straight and narrow now is he like now I'm just gonna like I don't care about spoilers <laughs> anymore cause like the good plot's over so like there are two like the last two episodes are good yeah, we'll we'll go back to but, some good plot lines with Coop and yeah. okay, but there, I'm like, there are moments uh, still that you're like ah that's good Twin right. Peaks is still but for the most part <laughs> <laughs> we're aware. And David Lynch would be the first to say it. I mean, he knows it too. Like, if he were sitting here, he would be agreeing with me, I think. And I, you know. Let us know when he wants to hear. Right? David Lynch, I know you're listening. I know you love it. He's one of our 19 followers. <laughs> <laughs> like, in totally, totally understandable, a show that's premise and driving force is who killed Laura Palmer. And then you reveal who killed Laura Palmer, you kind of knock the wind out of your sails. Like, where do you go from here? It's true. It's tough. It's tough. The it's only really possible little from. kind of nugget that they've left us, and they do make it the very last line of 2-9, is like, well, if Bob's not in Leland anymore, where, where is Bob? So we do have, like, a little bit more mystery still. And I feel like Bob also revealed that he knew something about Cooper's past in Pittsburgh. Yes. Prior to him coming to Right. And Cooper's past is definitely interesting and worth investigating. So we will get, you know, there there's stuff to still be interested in. But if they had just kept that driving thread of, like, not knowing yeah. who killed Laura Palmer, they could have kept the show way more relevant and interesting. Or they could have just come up with some better B-plots. Yeah. <laughs> B-plots I mean, so God, Norma's hard. mom. I can't. I cannot with Norma's mom. Yeah. I don't care about Norma's mom. No. I don't care about... Um, it's almost like the Shelly in yeah, and I Shelly's adorable. I mean, but like she's so stupid. Now. It feels like Lynch wanted to do like this cool, out there, creepy murder mystery, and right. the network was like, "Well, 
well, you know, people like that watch TV are like soap opera fans. So why right. don't you put in some like weird relationship crap and like yeah, it got muddied. A mill. Well, and I some think rich that's people. the point, though. Yeah, that's the whole point of it is that it's a soap opera parody. There's well, I just soap opera parody is definitely a part of it, and it's built in, and it's definitely. But that has to be like the the like color that can't be the meal like that can right. be like a side dish but it can't be like the main course because like when it's when it when in the good in the best scenes it's not a parody at all it's like it's right. own thing or when they exactly. when they That's... get like a lot of leverage out of having a soap opera actor with a non-soap opera actor and like making that interesting because like sarah palmer classic soap opera actress like i'm not certain on that but one could make some assumptions based on her hair and acting choices. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when she's in scenes with Kyle MacLachlan, it's very interesting because she's in a different show than he is. And it's right. kind of like neat to watch, she, you know, she's in a soap opera and he's in a show making fun of soap operas. <laughs> like having kind of an awareness and consciousness that she doesn't have that, that makes him worldly and interesting. Right. Like it's cool. But they don't do that enough, you know? Yeah. And you'll see they start driving way and way more towards the, like, silly and funny. Mm. And, yeah, it doesn't. The, I the, mean, the good thing, because I've never watched this show before, the good thing is where it's, like, serious, serious, and then there's just, like, a little sprinkle of cuteness or funniness. It's, like, I'm also... Lucy, like, the whole Lucy plot is great. Yeah. That's the comedy. That and that that kind of works. And that's all I need. I don't need You're so right. I don't need Hank's shenanigans. And the Lucy plot. I don't need Hank in general. No. The Lucy plot's like the perfect level of funny because you're still in that world. And like they used it very appropriately. Like they cut to like Lucy and her sister, which like Lucy's sister was great. I actually think that actress was really funny in a very small role. Yeah. Where she's yeah. like, oh, fine, fine. Look at mean Aunt Lucy because she told me to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> shut up, Gwen. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Gwen lines. Is... Shut up, Gwen. Gwen has a lot of strong words about men in the world. Yes. Yeah. Sperms. There's a lot of use of it's like, sperms. Like you chose to have a baby with one. and uh... Right. We don't know the whole thing. It's yeah. a little sperm gun. Yeah. Which is yeah. what she refers to Oh her my god, it's Oh, great, another sperm gun in Which this world. Which I, for all of my friends that will have little boys, sperm gun. That's our little, our little sweet nephew that we just, just, he's a little sperm just gun. Have, he's a little sperm gun, you can tell already. Um, so James. Oh, that sounds so bad. I know. <laughs> but it's, it is weird when you've had a niece and then you have a nephew, you're like, oh, it's so different. Oh. They're literally a different gender. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. I've only had I had <laughs> nephews and then I had little niece. Ah, yes. So, uh, changing topics. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Tom, Tom God. God. <laughs> uh, out so life. James apparently proposes to right. uh, yes. this James and Donna. Like, but like you guys were like, yeah, she just he just gave her a ring. But but, like, but well. It doesn't, it doesn't um, say. Like, don't know. I don't know what he means because yeah. then the next scene, he's being as I put in my notes. I'm like, James gets the nudes about Maddie dying and responds as an ass hat as yeah. usual. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if there's any way to be horrible, James will find it. Like talk about like just the predictably emotionally unavailable boyfriend who's like, 
oh, there's problems in the world, so it must be the fault of my relationship with Donna, so I'm yeah. going to leave you. He's done now. He's off. Uh, well, after, it, yeah. Maybe it is a promise ring. I Sorry. mean, but it's I a, like a, a it's like a very nice ring. I mean, for a promise ring. And he gives it to her and he's like, I just want us to be together always if that's be, cool with you. Yeah, he's yeah. like, throws <laughs> it out, like, just super chill. Like, I don't, you know, don't make a big thing about it. But, like, if you want to spend your lifetime with our souls entwined for eternity, like, that would be super chill for me. Like, I'm just like, I hate you, James. I hate you. He reminds <laughs> me of so a certain much. friend we have who says that to uh, the Yes, we have a single male friend who does this thing where he'll, like, you'll hear the male perspective, and he's like, yeah, she's so clingy. And then you'll hear from the lady, and it's like, yeah, he texted me, like, I want to spend my nights and days with you. Like, you're like, dude, you're being confusing. Like, you're saying confusing shit all the time. Like, you are literally saying, like, I just want to be with you day and night as a husband. And then being like, whoa, you're cramping my style. <laughs> Where'd you get that idea? <laughs> you're just like, dude. I gave you yeah, jewelry. That's how it doesn't mean so... It's not a promise. Yeah. I gave you jewelry and then told you, like, the engines of my hog were singing like our love. <laughs> like a thousand angels or some I was saying that like James that. has a book of like motorcycle love analogies that he just like is like the engines of my hog were singing. Or he writes one of those. <laughs> oh James, you're so brilliant. I will say not a bad episode for Lara Flynn Boyle despite having like why do they make her look she's a beautiful beautiful woman what are they doing with her clothing in this episode like and her hair pink is not her color she should not be she's wearing she's got it. baggy mom jeans a pink sweater That's over the 90s. over yeah. like a white mock turtleneck kind of deal and then yeah. a jacket over that like Heaven forbid we see an ounce of her body, like, at all. <laughs> and really cool sunglasses. And then her hair looks like mine when I'm, like, having a day. Like, I've given <laughs> up on life. <laughs> like, it's just not good. Yeah. It's flat on top, but fluffy underneath. <laughs> I, know, like, she looks, I mean, I... She's I, beautiful, yeah, of course, like she, but... Something about her was working for me more than in previous episodes. Okay. Oh. Maybe it's her not trying this. Maybe, uh, she's She's wearing her, like, going to chill with my former dead best friend's dad outfit. <laughs> in her in his daughter's old sunglasses. <laughs> yes. We that do? I'm not going to take off my face. I'm yeah. going to yeah. wear them inside. So, yeah. future so go, bright. Yeah. Some etiquette for those of you that I hope will never... I hope no one listening has ever been in or will be in the situation of visiting, like, their best friend's dad and their best friend is dead. But, like, one thing to not do is wear clothing of the dead daughter in front of her father. Yeah, do's and don'ts. Like, just a little bit much. But what I do love, very interesting moment, she... Andy is in the Double R Diner just rambling to himself, saying, Je un solitaire. Um, yeah, he's trying to say, Je un homme solitaire. Je un homme solitaire. But he's right. Trying, he's saying it like, Je un aim solitaire. <laughs> yeah, he's Like, typical Andy. bad TV actor French. <laughs> <laughs> and she overhears him and says... Because for Donna, the last time she heard that was Mrs. Tremont, yeah. who was the old lady from Billy Madison... With the young boy who had the, the grandson who had the corn, corn in his hands, yeah. and he the, the grandson says that to Donna. So she hears that, and so she 
Buy some magic cream corn. It makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> I mean, but those are the things that I love. Like, I wish they would do things like that more often. That's you know, true. like the magic cream corn. But, but they don't... You can't overdo it either. It's though. true. So... So she, we do, Donna goes to Mrs. Tremont's, and it's not the old lady, it's another woman, and she has a letter for Donna, but the letter is from Harold Smith, and it's a page of Laura's diary, mm-hmm. and the page is Laura's dream, and the dream is the same dream that Cooper had, and I love, I think that actually this is this a scene that really works for me, and is one of the good ones that I'm like, okay, this is where we're in, like, Twin Peaks, in Twin yeah. Peaks mode, you I know. Getting the experience of Cooper's dream from Laura's perspective, like she says, my my words came out slow and odd. You know, it's like a great description of a scene that we've already seen in a great yeah. chilling way. And then Cooper says, Laura and I had the same dream. And he okay. says, that's impossible. And Cooper that's says, impossible. I know. And I, I love that little exchange. I think that whole whole sequence is actually really good and pretty interesting and more on the track that they should be going down. But then they... Then we see the (laughs) one-armed man one more time, and he talks about a golden circle of appetite and satisfaction. And that's Bob and his kind of way of life. Appetite (laughs) and satisfaction, which is... Disturbing and interest an interesting way of putting it about murder, you know. Yeah, and I I I've been unclear before, like because they sort of hinted that this uh, spirit inside of the one armed man does he have a name? Mike. 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 Like at first they sort of hinted when we first meet Mike that like he was. Anyway, he seemed like he, like was, he was bad. Yeah, he was. He yeah. used to kill yeah. with Bob. Right now we know that for sure. Yes. Like I don't think they really spelled that out earlier, did they? They no. did. Wait, what? Oh. No, they did. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, that Mike is... I mean, like... Mike oh, used yes, to yes, kill yes, with Bob. Yeah. yeah, he said when we were killing together. Yeah. But now he's reformed and he's going to find Bob. It's the golden circle, which is kind of like the ring. The right. ring that Cooper lost or gave to the giant. Yes, yes. The giant will help you find Bob. And the answer is in your heart. It's a real, like, a long, scenic, winding road to get yeah. to, like, the truth that we already know. And that's what makes it an interestingly, like, is it an effective use of storytelling and time? Because we know. Right. We already got all this. And now we're just in it to see Cooper's reaction yeah. and Harry's reaction. And they're just kind of steering us in this same yeah. direction. I wonder how people felt in, like, the 90s that's, about it. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I think maybe they were sort of writing for a different era where it's like, you had to, like, be really heavy-handed and repetitive. Because, right. like, it would just, like, sort of stir memory in the viewer's audience. Yeah. And they weren't, like, as, you know, encyclopedic as we can be. Yeah, it's weird. You know, so a show that Pat and I are really enjoying right now is Legion. Have you guys been watching that on FX? It's really good. It's Marvel mm-hmm. Universe, and I'm not a big Marvel person, but... It's really, really interesting, cerebral. The guy from Downton Abbey is in it. Which it's very like... The, <laughs> who plays Matthew Crawley? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Matthew was yeah, yeah, the yeah, dark-haired yeah. one, died in a car accident. Right. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. That's a big spoiler. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a really, really good show. Because But then all of a sudden, after being consistently awesome for like episode after episode after episode, they have one episode where they get really heavy-handed exposition-y, mm-hmm. where they just explain things. And I was like, why do oh, shows yes, do that? Yes, like, yeah. why do they trust you for like six episodes <laughs> and then suddenly just like be like, 
And it really does feel like someone from the network came in and was like, okay, people aren't getting this. You've got to like yeah. literally like put it on a blackboard and spell it out. Yeah, I think it was a, it was still ended up being a good episode, but there was like a large part that was just Right, I was like, why don't they trust me anymore? Like I thought I mean, we had a good relationship, yeah. Legion. What are you doing? It's still an amazing show and totally right. worth watching. But there are like two yeah. episodes towards the end where I'm like, why are you literally like whiteboarding this out for me yeah. beat by yeah. beat yeah. when I've been mm-hmm. with you? Like trust me that I've been with you and that's what kind of happens here a little bit like we've been with you we get we get you David Lynch we get you we know Leland did it (laughs) there's a handful of people out there that are not smart yeah and I think that's what they're doing is they're just being like we gotta really really spell this out like exactly what's meant by Bob which they really I think it'd be really interesting to leave that a little bit more vague like, who, right. what does that mean that Bob inhabited this person? Right. But he, Bob gets interrogated and spells <laughs> out exactly who he is and what he did. And still, sure. there's still room for mystery. And there's still definitely, to this day, I don't know exactly who Bob is. And there's room for kind of interpretation. But there's a lot of spelling out that I just noticed this viewing that I was like, wow, why are they doing that to me? Well, you mean with Leland, like, talking about... Like when he's being interrogated. Yeah, he's a little but, bit spelling out like who yeah, Bob is and the cool whole. Scene, kind of, it is a very cool scene, and Ray Wise does an awesome cool job. Scene. He does an yeah. awesome job. I mean, talk about he's like finally like just letting himself. Yeah, be yeah, and yeah. that's kind of fun. Are we ready to dive into that one? Sure. The yeah. switcheroo. The... <laughs> oh, the switch. Yeah. Oh, well, do you, let's talk about how Coop figures it out. Yeah, it's, it's it all very... I, that first. I, I have, always, like, just I, these arrows. It I looks like a chart. It looks like Circle. a chart from Homeland, guys. Like, it's a lot of stuff that happens. Well, I always wondered, like, does Coop figure this out? Or, like, does the, uh, the giant, like, tell him? Yeah, it's... And, and that's I very... want to believe that he figures it out and that... And it's a little bit Mulder and Scully like they never figure anything out it always just like unfolds <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah because so set the scene so Cooper yeah. brings everyone and their mother into I literally listed so it's the roadhouse yeah. with Agent Cooper Harry Big Ed Leland Albert Ben Leo Bobby and Hawk and Major Briggs. And, and Major, Major Briggs, Briggs and the old... The old man. The old man. Major Briggs, yes. So everybody at the roadhouse. Big Ed's like, sure, I've got nothing going on. <laughs> just hang out. It's like, oh, I'm glad you're here, Big Ed. Actually... <laughs> Big Ed was just, like, coming to have a beer, and Wait, he's like, what? I'm pretty sure Big Ed wants to get away from Nadine. Maybe yeah, Big Ed's like... So he's like, yep, I'm Harry going calls out. up, he's like, sure, no problem. Oh, yeah. you didn't tell me... He's like, you didn't no, tell no, me it's cool, it's fine. <laughs> Pickett's, I'm on the way. <laughs> Hanging up the phone. Yeah, so we've got all the male cast members. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize Pretty much that, all of the yeah. male cast members. Oh, previously to that, though, when they get Leland, he's about to kill Donna, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's sure. They, yeah, Leland is about know. to kill Donna. Yeah. Leland gets really creepy. Let's put a pin in that one since we're already okay. down the road of the Roadhouse. Right. So Roadhouse with yeah. all of the male cast members. Cooper has brought them all in. He's gotten Leland from the Great Northern. He's been like, Leland, we need your help with something. Leland's like, sure, good enough for me. <laughs> yep. Sounds plausible. <laughs> um, I am, after all, on bail for murder for someone else. And my best friend is on trial for murder the murder of my daughter, but, like, cool. 
I'll come. Fine. Yeah. Cool. Throw it house. Sounds like fun. <laughs> They're all there. And Leland even says, like, is the killer coming? And Cooper's like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> So they're all That's there. It's called a smooth play by Bob. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is the killer gonna be here? No. I, I mean, not that I care. Like, I mean, like, I'm not really invested in it. Like, I'm just like here for fun, but if I'm interested. In, like, what you have to say? Yeah. So they they have a lot of tableaus, a lot of dim lighting. This is where I really felt them trying to be like David. Lynch. Right. Yes. This is when they have like that freeze frame scene, right? Yeah. yeah. Really that was weird. Bad. It was weird. And that bothered me. And I'm, yeah, you know, it was, it was awful. I'm living a dream of mine right now that Pat is like the one defending and fervently being like, because he's clearly <laughs> just, he's loves me I and is married to me. And now, like, is in his stage of viewing where he blindly loves it. <laughs> I, I guess I went one over it where now I'm getting like cynical, but maybe <laughs> next viewing I'll be back in love. Um, but yeah, so they, they have all the men in this tableau. And the old man waiter guy comes in with Major Briggs and they talk about this gum. And Leland says, that's my most favorite gum in the world. That gum you like is going to come back in style. I just want to pause here. Wait, like, what, what do you think uh, Cooper said to Major Briggs to get to tell that old guy to bring him to the <laughs> roadhouse? He's like, yeah. That aliens told me that it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> the I old mean, man's like, very game for whatever. I guess, yeah, so <laughs> the, old, the old man, I think, is the giant, though. Oh, I do too. That's a good yeah. theory. Yeah. yeah. He is tall. And and Major Briggs does say <laughs> that, that, this gentleman well, was just waiting for me yeah. and yeah. asked that I bring him here. So the yeah. old man has some sort of like he has some weird spiritual powers. powers. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we know that. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think it's the giant too. The giant's right? vessel on Earth. Like right. maybe the giant is inhabiting the old yes, man, exactly. like that Bob inhabits Leland. Yes. yes. It's certainly possible. We don't have confirmation either way, ever, but it's, like, I mean, these other supernatural possible. figures are much more, like, cloudy than Mike and Bob, who are very right. concrete. So it's yes. They do right. say yes, exactly. they. Yeah. So we know there's more than one supernatural figure, and mm-hmm. I noticed and mentioned to you guys that when Leland does dance with Donna, he says, may we have this dance. Like, there's yes. all these spirits. Yes. Or just him and Leland and Bob. Yeah, Leland and Bob. Be. Yeah, yeah, that could be too. So the old man waiter and my, and I almost said Myers Briggs, Major <laughs> Briggs, comes to uh, the roadhouse. And yeah, when he mentions, when Leland says, that's my most favorite gum in the whole world, that's when that weird sequence of stills of the male cast members happens. Mm. But, yeah. And then Cooper, of course, is like, has the recall of his dream right. entirely from that line that was in his Where, dream. Where, this is what bothers me, is that now he suddenly hears Laura super clear, like... Well, and I can kind of buy that, like, I... I think, you know, it's it can happen where you have a dream and suddenly you remember more of it. Or, like, yeah. you have a memory that suddenly something triggers or the he memory. Just, or he realized it and he filled that in that, yeah. in his own mind. He also he has filled a, in those words that... Right. My father killed me, is yeah. what she says. Which right. is pretty interesting, too. Like, yeah. I mean, my father... Not that she's going to say Leland Palmer killed me, but, like, right. my father killed me is an interesting way of saying it. And he flashes to the dwarf dancing. And that was where I really felt like 
they are trying to be David Lynch and somehow they're doing everything David Lynch would do but it doesn't feel right. like David Lynch and that's, I don't know why that's how the freeze frame felt to me and that's where that's where I'm not a director because it somehow didn't feel exactly quite right Right. Even though they were doing what I probably would have wanted them to do, which is, like, have some supernatural element involved with, you know, all these characters together. But somehow it just didn't quite, like, feel natural. Yeah. No, I got that, too. It's Felt weird. forced. Yeah. Force lynching. And then there was, like, a tableau that was, there's, like, there was a... I don't know why that sounds funny. Yeah, force Lynchy. I'd always use Lynchy. Oh, the and like tableau Lynchy. of the, the side characters. Yeah, the side characters all standing by yeah. Leo's field. Then they party. They party after that's, they leave. They're that's my. Roadhouse. That's what I like to think. Well, and then after he hears so that. So should we close up, guys? Or what? <laughs> I mean, we're here now. No, so, here. I guess, yeah. Is Ed work there? They always get the bar to themselves. Yeah. Too. Like, it's so nice. Like... Yeah, oh, you want to have a try? Let's this? close the bar. <laughs> what is going on in people's lives? <laughs> we've established before, this is the only bar in town. Yeah. Yes. Except for the book house. <laughs> right. right. So invitation that's only. Club. Yeah. That's a club and they only have coffee there, I believe. <laughs> yeah. But then it is interesting, in the sheriff's department, so they take... The, the, the way they set this up, then, well, is they say... can we backtrack yeah. a little bit to then, once she... He hears my father killed me. He got his ring back yes. from the giant, which I agree with Pat is probably the old man in some way. And that's yeah. why he's there. Yeah. Right. Because he's like, right. bring the, the old man. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I'm a giant now. <laughs> yeah. Here's... Boom. There's and he ring. drops the ring <laughs> on the floor. I think the back. giant says, like, it's full circle now. We're yep. full yeah. circle. Yep. <laughs> I'll give you this back when you know these things to be true. Yes, it's right. something so to be effective. So we finally like. knew those yeah. things to be true. Yeah, yes. But wisely, Cooper doesn't jump the gun immediately in front of everyone and say, right. like, Leland's the killer. And he says, yeah. like, I'm going to need to take Benjamin Horn back to the sheriff's department. <laughs> Leland, you're going to have to come with me as his attorney. <laughs> yes. And, and Leland does not question goes yeah. along with it. He's like, well, we're going to want to post bail. Like, Leland's, like, bail on it with, like, <laughs> being the attorney. Well, yeah, lawyer talk. Which yeah. I'm like, um, he's being tried for the murder of your daughter. Like, even though yeah. you know that you killed her. Like, keep <laughs> yeah. up with the pretense. I'm like, <laughs> like, come on, Leland. I don't need to yeah, baby step you through this. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Leland, like, Bob. <laughs> and poor Ben. It's the only it's the only two episodes where I'm like, poor Ben. Because yeah. Ben is just really in the dark. And like you you do see that while Ben is not a nice guy and he's a bit of a cheat and a swindler, he's not a murderer. Yeah. And he's not like he's just in over his head here and kind of like, what is going on? And <laughs> genuinely surprised and confused when they finally do switch yeah. him. They they <laughs> they pull the switcheroo and they are about to put uh, Ben in the cell, but then no, they push Ben out of the way violently <laughs> and then shove in Leland and Bob inside Leland instantly starts freaking out and yeah. howling like a werewolf and all that. Yeah, of shit. he does. He bangs into like both cell walls, the first of which is poorly constructed and doesn't look oh. like concrete. It like vibrates a little bit. Yeah, Cle- clearly a sound studio. Yeah, and Ben's <laughs> like, what Leland? Like Ben's just. <laughs> Like been wearing that same tie. He's just very confused. Yeah. yeah. So can I go home now? Because I've been in jail for like a year. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it's it's and poor Harry. I feel bad for Harry these episodes too because he's doing the good detective work. He's like forensic evidence. But let's just face it, he's no hawk. <laughs> he's no hawk. They, they didn't get it right. They were They didn't get it right. Is it just me or like has Hawk been bulking up this whole time? Because he looks big in this episode. Yeah. Like, he got some shoulders. Well, and then oh, Hawk. Hawk has some great moments in these two. I know, and it's mostly silent moments of just like staring in the dis like staring at Leland and like nodding his head once and just walking away. Right. Like, I know there's a spirit there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great because in two eight, Lucy's sister meets Hawk and goes, You must be that native fellow yeah. I've heard so yeah. much about. How you must hate us white people for what we've done to you, which I'm like, wow. And then Hawk probably yeah. like keyed the co- the phrase, Oh well some of my best friends are white people. <laughs> yeah. He was probably like the first guy on TV to ever say that. So good. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. Hawk's totally so, different. he's so indulgent. And then indulgent. Just ignores him after that. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Hawk is just a sport. He's just a real team player. Like, just puts but, up with everyone's Yeah, Gwen nonsense. doesn't really have a filter, I think. No, yeah. no, she does not. Like I said, I want to see a sitcom spinoff of Hawk at home with his family, like, <laughs> coming home from work at the, at the precinct. Yeah. Gwen, yeah, those white guys. <laughs> Crazy These white people. white people are Crazy. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So so they do the switch and Leland is in interred. He's imprisoned um, and freaks out, of course, because yes. he's Bob and Bob has now been captured. But it is it's, it is uh, a neat device that they do yeah. where they interrogate Bob. Like Bob, it's Le- Leland Bob. Yeah. They <laughs> they interrogate Bob and he says, which I think is really chilling. He's like, you watch. Leland, remember? He likes the red. Because he's like, I'm going to do that and you're going to see it. Yeah. And then he does, and we do, and Ray yeah. Wise is up yeah. to the challenge and I think does an yeah. awesome job. He like, does. he's really good at it. That's like one of the best episodes. scenes so far. He does an awesome job. And then, like, actually, this is one of like the, I think it's more the writing than his performance, but like, this was my like, least favorite Coop scene where he's all like, cliche like go into the light yeah. like you see the light oh yeah it's look into the light so, it's very you poetic know, it, yeah it, it's interesting because I was watching Coop's relationship reaction to Leland a lot in these episodes because you do see Coop's kind of heightening suspicion and I was trying to figure out like when does Coop really know that it's Leland because um, he does say in 2-8 like it wasn't Ben really early when we still are would He's be on the Ben path. very skeptical about Ben. Yeah. Right. Still, but yeah. There's definitely, it seems, a connection between Coop and Leland. And like he has a lot of empathy for Leland. Mm-hmm. As yeah. one... You know. <laughs> well, they're both victims of Bob. Right. Yeah. yeah. In a way. Yeah. They are. They are. And it it is like, so Albert comes back in 2-9, which we were all oh, like, when yeah. we, Albert was in the first scene and we all were like, Albert, like <laughs> everyone loves him. He's so great. Just such a solid actor. Great <laughs> role. He lie to us back in the day saying yeah. Albert's never going to be back. See? <laughs> See? Sometimes <laughs> no, I mess I was with listening you. to the episode and you were like just saying that and then they were just kind of like quiet, so. <laughs> <laughs> well. I didn't notice that. See, sometimes that we're good. Sometimes we don't Yeah, but like Albert and Harry are just kind of standing in the background while Coop is like cradling Leland as Leland is like crying to his death and remembering yes, yes. everything, which is yeah. pretty traumatic. And there's like yeah, a lot of. Now he remembers. The this is the second best. death in this show from like seemingly not that terrible head trauma. Like Maddie gets smashed into the mirror and then right. just dies. 
And then Leland, Leland just sort of runs, runs into the <laughs> yeah. yes. Multiple times. I don't though. yeah, that's, you'd have to run really it's fast. Questionable. I, <laughs> I think mean, part yeah. of it is when Bob leaves he dies. Like that could so be. Because like maybe he's become holes. so much filled he's with become, Bob. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's part of the point there, but you're right. You it's can, like, see that. normally you can't, normally you like, can't just yeah, kill yourself. You just, you knock yourself out, maybe. Right. Yeah. there's got to be like, but, <laughs> Bob's been with him now since he was like a, a little, little kid. boy. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. Bob is just increasingly a presence yes, in his life. Like in like, Legion with... Yeah. Kind of similar. Oh, Legion's all about Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a similar out. plot. In. Yeah, there's I, a similar I, plot. Yeah, um, yeah that <laughs> <Catching on. laughs> could be. And it is like, wow. I mean, I couldn't imagine like what a challenge that would be for that actor to have to be like, oh, and now you're going to, for this beginning part of the scene, you're going to be like the murderer relishing and like glee enjoying <laughs> what he did. Yeah. And then the second half, you're going to be remembering everything you did and you know, like literally dying of a broken heart. Yes. And also, he does it, and he does a great job. Yeah. Like he really does. Also, I noticed he doesn't mention his wife Sarah. No, I always notice like, that too. He's like, true. I love her. Just, but Sarah Palmer's like Laura. nothing. Just Laura. Yeah. 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 Did, did you mention like something about him being mad about not knowing that he was the killer too? The actor. Yeah. yeah. He, when he found out, he was upset, and he had because he had built a character around like I'm the father. Right. And, you know, I could see that too. Yeah. I mean, like, I I get that. I think if you're you've invested a lot of time into this one idea, and then that idea is kind of pulled out from under you, but clearly he sported up and manned up and did an yeah. awesome job, like, yeah, handling a very very challenging and deal. Yeah, it's yeah. also as I said before with him finding out. I wonder what it would have been like in yeah. the past because he does a great job of doing the kind of manic. Yeah. I'm in it, I'm not in it. He I probably could have done it. Yeah. Pretty I, well, too. I mean, I'm a I I'm like a big fan of like don't make actors work harder than they have to and if you can't if you don't have right. to reveal a secret to them and it's helpful not to, then don't. But he does seem like he could have handled it and maybe even incorporated it in a great way and been But I also think they didn't know necessarily where they were going when they started. We don't know when he found out too. Like. I well I've always heard that he well, found well, out the day he shot the scene with Cheryl oh, okay. Lee and Frank Silva. Oh, okay, like it was like okay. literally like I wasn't sure, coming yeah. to work, here's the pages, yeah. like you're gonna do this scene okay, now. Okay. Yeah, they kept yeah. it till the very last minute. I see. I see. To the point where I feel like I remember a, a like a snippet from a Comic Con thing because they have like they have like Twin Peaks cons, mm-hmm. um, and him being like negotiating, trying to like negotiate with David Lynch to like be like, are you sure you want to go down this road? Because I'm just thinking like actually this is not a good idea. <laughs> like trying to like get David Lynch to like change his mind and be like, no, we're not gonna have Leland be the killer. <laughs> but yeah. and they do really like. The confrontation of what that means, they smack us with it at the same time that they do Leland. Because they say, because Harry says, like, so Leland was just crazy. Right? And, <laughs> he wasn't and like, by Cooper Bob. says, is it easier to believe that or believe that a man would rape and murder his own daughter? And, like, then you yeah. kind of were like, geez, this is the worst would you rather horrible that really reminded me of some scene from some other thing but I can't place it right now yeah it's it's 
Like, it is really bad. Like, do you want to yeah. think that Leland would have done this? Or do you want to think that he was inhabited by a demon? It's right. kind of, actually, yeah, I, that scene kind of reminds me of Pineapple Express after they've, like... <laughs> yeah, they're got, at the IHOP. At the IHOP, and they're like, oh, man, that was a crazy night, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I got shot. I killed a few right. people. You know what I was thinking about, too? Dabbled <laughs> like in murder a little bit. Brick killed a guy. Not the same thing, yeah, the yeah. same type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 killed like, a guy. With a trident. <laughs> <laughs> you escalated. should probably run right now. <laughs> Lay low. Lay low. Yeah. So you know what I was randomly thinking about, too, as this was happening? Because she's so obedient. Coop was like, Audrey, lock your room and stay in there. I'm like, Audrey's still there. 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 She's just waiting. (laughs) She's waiting for Coop to like, be like, hey, it's okay to come out. Just like, hanging out, hauled up in her room. She's like, waiting for And she doesn't have the old guy to bring her room service. She's (laughs) got nothing. She's just like, hanging out in the room. Yeah. Being like, where's my dad? What's going on? Yeah, we'll see. Bets on where that relationship goes. Audrey and Ben, are they going to be able to be in the same room together ever again? (laughs) Will there be challenges there? I feel like Audrey has the upper hand. She sure does. She has some info on Dad. Yeah. Daddy Dearest. Daddy Dearest is in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. And we've also (laughs) determined that they only threw Bobby, Shelly, and Leo in there just so... Right. The actors could have a payday. Yeah, because they're like, oh, we gotta have Bobby in this. In this. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby's gonna try to uh, blackmail Ben Horn, but Ben Horn's in jail, so you know, there's other shit like, going yeah, on. Just leave yeah. Ben Horn alone for a minute. Like, I get that he's not a good guy, but he's also like, just leave him alone. Everybody's <laughs> bothering Ben Horn. And Lucy's pregnant. My other notes, I'm going through my other notes, yep. is Lucy's still pregnant. Still she pregnant. did not have a, an abortion. She, abortion. Yeah. she did not, no. Oh, that she, was a total fake out. Like, it's yeah, weird. That was yeah. a total fake well, out. Uh, oh, yeah. She said that she's going to keep the baby, and then basically right. there's a blood test that they can do when the baby's born after. A DNA test. Blood type, not DNA. Yeah. It is. It's so silly to me, too, that she's like, uh, this baby will either be the guy who gave me a check to have an abortion or the guy who loves me and wants to be the father. Like, why don't you just choose Andy? Andy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Lucy, you're a She so... probably just wants to be, like, honest with him, though. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's that's yeah. true, yeah. And especially when he was like, I'm definitely not the father. She's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. And it was that scene and Dick Ooh. smoking that out of a cigarette holder. That led to uh, Yeah, like, I mean, come on. It great into a weird I, I think this guy in real life would I mean, get a lot true. of action, but not from the ladies, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is a very good point. I'm like, yeah. he's gay, Lizzie. Like, he's a very effete yeah. man. You are totally... Totally correct on that uh, one. But yeah, it's his and cigarette smoking. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, a, as a semi-pro fat <laughs> Basically, yes. Beard. Yeah, You're sorry. Welcome. Different, different. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, it was a beard. <laughs> so um, true. 
Yes. It's yeah. the only thing that I should edit out from these episodes. No, it's, <laughs> it's better this way. Our tens of listeners Most, want the truth. Yeah. Yeah. They want the truth. And I just hope that my, jo- my, my potential employers are like among the billions of people not listening to you know us. What? The good <laughs> thing yep. is your name is mildly generic, and when you try to Google you, you're not the first Tom Meyer that comes up. Yes. There's a baseball player. And we haven't kept employers <laughs> out of this, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, so yes. Dick smoking is what sets off the smoke detector, which for some reason... No, I said, like, that's not how sprinkler systems work. Oh, yeah. it's not. But like, it was so dramatic. But they already set that up <laughs> yeah, previously. I forgot. By having, like, Lucy was talking to Andy while the smoke detector guy was like, Oh, yeah. I'm he gonna, screwed it up. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. Do these oh sprinklers right. so they're not so sensitive that that's, anything can just go off. Uh, oh, so that's, that's the why they go doing. off then, because yeah. the guy screwed up the sprinkler system. Right. I have never, I've never questioned that. I mean, I've just been like, okay. <laughs> sure, yeah. the, the because also go off. then Albert lights up too. Like yeah. after they leave, like they exit the right. room, and he's like, "I need a cigarette too." Right. Apparently, everyone in the nineties just smokes inside. <laughs> they, yes, you're right. Everyone quit smoking, and it's in a room with a pregnant floor. woman. By the way, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, no one gives a shit. The worst of which, as you mentioned, was Donna. Like, yeah. uh, just lights up in Leland's house, right? Now, well, she's probably been to like parties there before where like adults were smoking casually. Yeah. No, Those kids what these days. You, I feel like even that, like my mom was a smoker well, in the day, so yeah. like she would, or like in her friends were too. So it would be like, oh, I'm gonna light a cigarette. That's cool, and it's like, yeah, that's fine. yeah, cool. Well, yeah, like I remember like my uncle came over one time, not like I don't know, ten years ago, and my parents were like, oh, you can smoke inside, and I was like, what? Right. <laughs> that is very yeah. shocking. I know, but right? Sarah Palmer is a smoker. So right. So it could be. It could be. That... But that's oh, also so your kid's so friend, yeah. and she's in high school. But she, like, yeah, there's exactly. a lot. So... There is far too liberal of like daughter's friends like, being I having think, like, relationships. It really is a window into like the like 1990. Like was a totally different world from like it's 1999. So true. Then a totally right. different world from today. Like, like she, I is am very true. Very close with my friend's parents, and I danced with my friend's father. But he was very intoxicated. <laughs> right. At, at weddings and bar mitzvahs wedding, no. only. No, Not in no, the living room. Oh, no. No, like what? in the living room. Oh. Like, he was very oh. intoxicated. That okay. is like, very strange. Yeah, that is strange. <laughs> yeah. I know who she's talking about. He's a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's we had to hug you really close when the cops showed up and we're like, you gotta come with us. You know who's the only friend of my, would be Mo. My dad has a friend, Mo. Oh, yeah. That's his nickname. All my dad's and his friends, they all have, like, nicknames that they don't remember where they came from. My dad's called... Oh, they remember. They're just not gonna right. tell you. Yeah, that could be. Oh, I mean... Revelation. Dad, you do know where the nickname came from. You just don't want to tell me. <laughs> Because my dad's nickname is Commander, and, and he won't tell me where that comes from. Oh yeah, from. there's a story behind there's that. At his 64th birthday party, like we all asked him to like yeah, tell the story. Yeah, he wouldn't tell the story. No, we no. tried to do a roast for his 64th. Or we would, we asked. And it did, the only one who did it was my brother. Everyone else, everyone else's jokes were like, Mike is so handsome, and my brother was like going for the. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, Dad. Here's what I find wrong with our relationship for my therapy lessons. Oh, yeah. Start at the beginning. Brett's great. Brett was like going for it. Everyone else was like, oh, the 
trouble with Mike is he's too wonderful and charming and handsome, <laughs> which is true. He is. It's hard to like the commander. It's hard to write roast material. Yeah, it's true, especially for your I, father in I front of all a, his friends. I would oh, roast him too. I didn't roast him. My you roast was roast a loving him. roast. Yeah, which is crap. <laughs> yeah, I, my I jokes were like, stuff. remember Someone how handsome and wonderful. Yeah, I love my father and I don't want to embarrass him in front of his friends. <laughs> I went to a dual bachelor party in New Orleans one time for two of my good friends and uh, like one of the guys who helped plan it was like okay like we're gonna like have a roast for these guys like at this dinner and I was the only guy who like <laughs> Not surprised. No. Not surprised. No. Not surprised. Like, I, nice. I had some pretty good zingers in there. I got some good luck. Wait, so oh, did no. nobody else prepare anything? Nobody else did, did anything right. or prepare it. Like, I was that, just like... Well, that's kind of terrible. They should at least... Like, like, I know, as the nobody theater else major, let me just yeah. pull up the script I wrote. And We've seen that, up. like, not land, though, at weddings when speeches are a little bit roasty. And oh, that was God, not yes. the plan. No, best mints. Best we, yeah, speeches that are there. We're not going to give examples. We, okay, we won't we give won't. examples. <laughs> we but I, I, pers- I personally oh, love I, I love those. People though. won't listen. Yeah. To. <laughs> so the first one was we went to a wedding in North Dakota Aww. at the Radisson in Grand Forks. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently the groom Beautiful. has a large penis. <laughs> oh my. Because the best man. Did not shut up about that for about what? 20 minutes. <laughs> and then wow. we went to a second Bob wedding several <laughs> years later. Um, and I knew that as the bride. Second wedding friend. of the same groom? No. no, no oh, okay. A different okay, wedding. Okay, okay. And like the best man speech started, and me and Tom were like, let us tell you. And then all we heard was cancer. Cancer because it, literally the first word, the first line of the best man's speech was, "I guess you could say we're all here because of cancer." Because Yikes. the groom's wow. first wife passed away because of cancer. Oh no! And they and met at a cancer like benefit cruise. And uh, I, 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 I get like, where you're going, but no. <laughs> no. And it was just like all I could hear was cancer, and yeah, I was and like, like tipsy, and yeah. I was like. I almost really? snickered, like, un- oh like unconsciously when I, and like, and then like, I swear to God, I think the wife looked at me because she like was the only one who caught it, and I was like, oh, oh fuck. my god, that's <laughs> awful. It was no, so awful. It was the worst. And then I but, go up to the best woman, like the maid of honor. I was like, so your speech, and she's like, doesn't mention cancer <laughs> once. Right. And I was like, okay, good. Presumably, okay. people prepare <laughs> these speeches. But that was the best food of any event I've it ever been to in my life. So wow. it was. There was lobsters on every table, like full lobsters, every kind of seafood you can imagine. Yeah. Like, so this one lighting. wasn't in Grand Forks. No, this was not. This no, was in Chicago. This was, this was up in like one of those north suburbs that okay. Kelly Oh knows. my God. But yes. it was like you ate like the cold appetizers first, then you danced a and little the, bit. And the, oh, they came back with hot yeah. appetizers. And the bride's like gangster looking uncle like and took a phone call as right after they started Again, playing Here Comes the Russian, Bride. It was a Russian wedding. Oh, so dear. we're on like the Russian side. The groom is from Wisconsin somewhere. Christian, <laughs> Christian people. We're on like the Jewish side. So, like, the guy behind us is like, he has sunglasses on <laughs> inside. Inside. No. Was like, He's like having a conversation in Russian on his cell phone, like, as, as the, the wedding is as, proceeding. As the bride Aww. is walking down the aisle. And we're like, don't. And, like, me and my friends are like, this feels 
Mouse. So yeah, we get it. We get it. This is yeah. definitely the Russian wedding vibe that we assume. That's cool. It's, you gotta love it. was a, pretty baller. You gotta love a train wreck speech. We've heard a few I that's like the, the either the best man is like a sibling who's like very bitter and single, or it's like the drunk, best man is and, the best man yeah. is secretly in love with the bride. Yes. We've experienced oh, that. That's yeah. Oh yes. man. I mean, oh, yeah. like we've seen some really rough it's a good best thing man speeches. Other friends listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Negative speeches. We haven't about given their any parents. names, but you know who you are. <laughs> about the parents. Yes. The other couple's parents. Yes. Yeah. Oh Faith my god. Marriage, like being like yeah because of their parent. Oh, yeah. Oh, like wow. parents. <laughs> just not cool. Like I never believed in love until like it's like <laughs> that's not the way you start a yeah. wedding speech. but I never believed in love because of mom and dad right like, <laughs> so, so we've heard some really rough ones I'm like bro you like wrote Hi, this you planned this <laughs> uh, yeah not any we're not talking both of our sides of our family if they were listening would be like oh you're talking about the doubts or oh you're talking about the clients the other thing is them about, them. we, we have to be talking about? about one of your sides so <laughs> <laughs> one of you did it one of you did it uh, <laughs> You know we who have you those are. Those two stories. Yeah, that's, those are the. That's it. That's okay. the. Those oh, are the peaks. Wedding. Well, and, and at my sister's <laughs> wedding, the officiant, her best friend, just didn't tell us to sit down ever. So we were all just standing there, oh, like no. forever. And then my dad, like, was like trying to like signal her, like <laughs> tell us to sit down. And she like, look, I see her like looking at him and like just keep it going. <laughs> and then eventually, like, he, my dad just sat down. and Then we all just sat down. And it was speaking like, of not sitting down. This one I can share because it's cute, not embarrassing. But my dad. Dad, when he walked me down the aisle, stayed standing up and just never sat down. As if he was like the best man. Yeah. <laughs> and he just said that he had like kind of an out of body experience. And his girlfriend was like signaling to him, like, come sit on down. and sit down. Yeah. And he's just like standing there and just kind of like nudged the best yeah. man kind of out of the way and like stood there yeah. and just stayed up there wow. and just stayed up the whole time. He's like, He's and then he told, he did tell our officiant <laughs> to speak up, though. Yeah, he was like, speak maybe, up. Yeah, and he gave me a handkerchief when I was crying, so he, he, he served a purpose. <laughs> yeah. But it was really funny to hear him tell it later, because we were, of course, both kind of looking like, why is he still staying up here? Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> he was like, father of the bride, just being the best man. Yeah. My dad was like, in my head, I was like, Mike, sit down. You should sit down now. <laughs> sit down. And he, like, just wouldn't... Do, like, he was like, I just You're couldn't do distracted. it. You're just like, I couldn't do it. I, so talk about, like, couldn't give his little girl away. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way oh, I interpret it. He was thinking of all those times ironing your hair. <laughs> That's right. Ironing my hair on the table. <laughs> yeah. He just did not... So he just became a part of Pat's wedding party. And he's in all the pictures. Well, he... Like, Technically, I think the parents. That's are, right. Yes. Right? So, so it was. It was really cute and great. But it was really. His girlfriend was making some really adorable <laughs> faces, just being like, "Come on down. Come on, sit down at any time. Any time." She was time left now. with your mom. <laughs> She's trying to keep her arms at like a reasonable length. Like, <laughs> She's here. just beckoning him to like come here. Come on back. There's a spot for you right here in the front. Where the father of the bride would be sitting. <laughs> and so in his eyeline, presumably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he's like seeing. And he's like, I knew that I should sit down. It just like didn't happen. That's funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. And, you know, that's a good segue because next episode we have a wedding and a funeral, which will be uh, yes. really exciting. Nice. Really exciting yes. stuff. I hope somebody jumps on a coffin. <laughs> Woo! 
we'll see. Funerals have traditionally been awesome in Twin Peaks, so <laughs> it's true. we can expect the best. <laughs> Alrighty.